do you think like Adam Silver and the NBA brass, do you think they regret picking Orlando as their bubble zone? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. This like the weeks leading up to having to go down to the bubble and they're seeing like record outbreaks each week. Oh, that was rough. They were like, oh, my God, this is. But they were left without option because they already made their choice at that point. Yeah. And they should have just picked somewhere in middle America that no one existed. That would have been the best bubble area. Well, you know, what's interesting to me is that the bubble, I think, clearly works. You know, you look at yeah. the oh, NBA, yeah. you look at the MLS, you look at the NHL. I think they've all, you know, for the for weeks now have been zero positives. And Except, well, let's count the MLS out of that because they did have a team that was required to leave the uh, leave the bubble. But that, that was that, probably because were they, they got them out. But they were, got them out. Were they required to leave the bubble or were they forbidden from showing up to the bubble? Um, It was the Dallas team. I. I'm not sure. I our MLS listeners are going to kill us for this, but I'm, I I want to say that they were on their way, or they maybe they were getting tested to go into the bubble. I I don't think I, Dallas ever made it into the bubble. Yes, yes, that uh, that appears to be correct. That appears yes, they were turned. They, they never made it in because they, they had too many players. That, right, right. You know, they showed up the with that. Our return to play has always been our top priority. We continue to make decisions constant with that priority. Dallas FC supports Major League Cyrus' decision to withdraw the club from MLS after 10 Dallas FC players and one coach tested positive. So, yeah, they never made it in. They never made it in. And that's good on the MLS. That's good on them. They did their job. Yeah, absolutely. And that's my, I think, biggest takeaway when you look at, you know, the, the opposite scenario with Major League Baseball. So let's – I want to talk about that. Um it's it's hard to have a bubble just for the players involved. And mind you, they make millions of dollars in endorsements, in contracts. But let's say you're bubbled up for three months and you can't see your kid. Like, are you going to be okay with that? Well, I am wondering if that is really the situation that they're in. Like, why can't they bubble with their families. You know, I think, you know, I don't think anyone's talking about doing one bubble for major Mm -hmm. league baseball, right? They were talking about doing two bubbles or or four bubbles or, you know, couldn't you do a bubble for each team? Like why can't each team just like, you know, rent out a hotel for whatever and put everyone's families in there and say, okay, don't fucking leave this hotel. And you know, the only time you're going to leave, you're going to get on the team flight. And like, we're all just going to, you know, each team is going to be responsible for their own bubble. To me, it seems like that might work. I agree. I agree. I guess it's because people are worried about freedoms. I mean, freedom. A lot of the uh, a lot of the issues have been just like, oh, like we MLB the system they have. I don't think works. Clearly, we have the Marlins. We have the Cardinals that have had a bunch of people tested positive. I think the Phillies had a bunch of people test positive after they played the Marlins. Uh, They've done a little bit better the last week as far as distancing. And you've seen videos online about like walk off home runs where they're like social distancing. But when they're away from the cameras, how do you think those clubhouses are? Do you think they're social distancing? No chance in my opinion, no chance. And they wouldn't have to, 
if all of the teams were bubbling themselves, whether they did, like I said, four bubbles or each team has its own bubble. You know, if, if, if people were bubbling, then, you know, you could, you know. So here's the thing. Here's the thing that I think people don't think about. You mentioned just renting out a hotel room that all these, the team and their families can stay in. You say, hey, the immediate others can stay in these hotel rooms. Also, mind you, no one else is staying in these hotels anyways. Like, all the, I, I work directly with hotels here in Seattle. And there, there's a thousand room hotel that has eight people staying in it right now. Eight out of a thousand rooms. That sounds like an effective bubble. That sounds like a pretty fucking effective bubble that they could have where they're just like, hey, we're going to rent these rooms out at a discount. But hey, you're still making money, at least a little bit. And you can say like, hey, we're the cleanest hotel when all this is said and done. We're going to do this for three months to the end of the season. And everyone's going to be happy. Everyone's going to be safe. And there's going to be it's the issue that people aren't responsible. You're going to have exes husband or wife going out of the bubble and seeing a night on the town and bringing stuff back in. I mean, that's what happened with the Marlins where they went out to an Atlanta club or whatever, just like Lou Williams. Who's well, I think that you bring up two excellent points. One is the Lou Williams situation. Lou, Lou Williams did do something stupid and he did break the protocols and look what happened. He got put in isolation and they, you know, quarantined him and he mm-hmm. isn't allowed to play. And so I mm-hmm. think Lou, I think the bubble accounts for that and factors that in and is yeah. able to successfully deal with that versus the opposite of that situation where you're not bubbling, where the Marlins go out to a strip club in Atlanta, which I think has already been proven to not be the case, but it's just such a great story that I'm going to continue yeah. to believe it until I'm given a different story. And even then I'll probably still believe the strip club story. So you got the Marlins going out to strip clubs. It's like, I think, I think it's because they're not bubbling and I'm sure major league baseball probably talked about this idea and I'm sure they probably had reasons and, uh, but we don't know what those reasons are. So until we hear them, uh, we just get to assume as fans that they didn't have these conversations and say, you guys are stupid and you didn't think of this and we're smarter than you. Yeah. Which goes back to transparency. Just have trans. I, I think in government, everything from like, let's say your boss doesn't have a discussion with you. Like, you don't get a promotion. Your boss just tells you, oh, it just, you know, it wasn't the right time. You're doing all the right things. To the bubble where it's like, just have transparency. You can say like, hey, we had the discussion. We had a lot of pushback from players wanting to bubble up. We had a lot of players concerned about their liberties. And we decided that we can do this safely otherwise. And at least you can have an argument then, but now there's nothing, there's no information out there. So we're just allowed to run rampant and just be like, Hey, you never had this discussion. You're clearly morons. And now you're causing societal harm to tens of thousands of people because of your lack of oversight. If there's one thing that we love to do in the U S it's probably a global thing, but at least here in the U S we love to wildly speculate. And when you give us the opportunity to wildly speculate, we take it and we run with it. I mean, look at the the anti-maskers. I mean, their whole their whole position in life is based on wild, you know, on speculation. Yeah, wild speculation. You know, I was trying. I don't remember what the word I was. You know, unfounded speculation or unproven. You know, unproven science. You know, pseudoscience. You know, nonsense. Pseudoscience. That's probably what you were looking for. 
Yeah, thank you. And so I think if Major League Baseball is forced to shut down, I think the question that they should be asked over and over and over again is, why didn't you bubble? Why, you know, look at the success of these other leagues that finished their seasons, presumably. Why couldn't you pull it off? And I mean, I'm sure Manfred will dump it on the players, and I'm sure that the players are very resistant to it. I think that whole the whole dynamic between the players and the owners, it just sucks. And it's killing the it sports. Sucks. And it's, I don't know how to fix it, but it's a nightmare. Um, I don't know how to fix it either, but I think you just, one side of the other needs to be a little stronger. And I do you think, let's say next week baseball gets shut down. We get another team with an outbreak. Uh, do you think Manfred keeps his job? I say no chance. I don't think he should. I think he should be fired because it's, it's, this is on his head. Everything that happens. I have never seen a commissioner get fired. So I don't know what it would take to get a commissioner fired. I do know that the person who came the closest to taking out Manfred was uh, Tom Warner, your favorite person. I so, hate Tom Warner. So I and and I, when when Tom Warner was in the running, I was like, "What is going on?" Because he is widely considered to be the owner of the Red Sox who doesn't have a clue about baseball. When people talk about like the Red Sox and the decisions that they make, they talk about John Henry. They never talk about Tom Warner. So the fact that he was almost the commissioner of baseball, I'm just not sure. Who else is left? I'm watching this show on Hulu called Brockmire, and they're in like the year 2030 now, and the world is falling apart. And they just made him the commissioner, and he's like a you know a hilarious baseball announcer who's like you know an alcoholic and dysfunctional, and you know it's like who who wants to be the commissioner? Who, what candidates do they have? So he may get to keep his job just by virtue of there being no one replacing. I mean, can we just have a quick aside on the fact that Tom Warner was a producer on the Cosby show, was one of the people closest with Bill Cosby for the last 30, 40 years, who definitely knew about what was going on and was about to start a Cosby show reboot months before Cosby got arrested for his eventual crimes. Can I like... Yeah, Tom Warner is not, a terrible human being. Not a, he not a good look. He skated by on that. Like, absolutely skated on that. Well, it's I absurd. will say, I, I will say, in defense of Tom Warner, he generally comes across as one of the more oblivious people on the planet. So it's not... He's a multi-millionaire! It, well, I, I assume he's a, probably a billionaire, or close to it. Well, yeah, he's had a lot of... He's a, a amazing producer. But one of the things that has always uh, given Red Sox fans cause to laugh at him is he just has zero self-awareness. He's like totally oblivious. He'll start chants off key. Like he's just totally out to lunch. So oh, you heard that. Let's go Red Sox. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, that is an all time chant. That is so funny. But that was part oh, of why man. it was so shocking when it was like, Major League Baseball is down to Manfred and Warner. It was like, what? Why is Warner even in this conversation? It's nonsensical. Oh, man. I I, I totally forgot about Tom Warner being in that conversation with Manfred after uh, Bud Selig was uh, stepping down. Or Selig died recently, right? Like, I'm not I'm not misremembering that, right? That was David Stern who died. 
David. Oh, it was David. You're right. I yeah. think Bud Selig is still alive. Yep, he's still alive. Okay, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was David Stern that died. Who? David Stern died pretty young, and everyone, for the most part, outside of the '90s, liked David Stern. I always hated David Stern. I don't want to speak ill of the dead. I'm I'm sad that he's dead, but I always thought I always considered him to be the evil emperor. Yeah, I always thought he was. I mean, who do you think is the worst commissioner in pro sports right now? Right now, probably Manfred. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's that was a tough mantle. Like that is a tough mantle to take away from Goodell too, because he is the epitome of profits over everything else. Well, and for, for a long time, it was how could you possibly take that mantle away from Gary Bettman? Yeah, for the NHL, that's true. That's true too. Jeez, commissioners. I mean, maybe it's a harder job than we're giving credit. But also, like, I don't understand when leagues are so like, I think the issue with the NBA during like the NBA blew up because they allowed like Twitter and reporters to like post their videos. And like the NBA became a 24 seven league where everyone was already always talking about it, which made it into like this hotbed of awesome where you like, it's the off season, it's August, and you're still talking about the NBA because it's like. There's shit going on, which like the NFL has only because the NFL is like football is just so crazy popular. But like if they just like force teams to like be a little bit more transparent, could you imagine how like how much more popular football could be with reporters? Yeah, I at this point, why isn't every sport embracing social media? It just makes no sense. And well, MLB is like the worst at that because they like restrict everyone from posting like home run videos or anything like that. You have to have like written approval when it's just like, Hey, maybe we should just let this video get out because everyone's going to see Aaron judge or Rafael Devers or Eloy Jimenez just mash a three run Homer. And people are going to want to see that. And any sort of pub we can get is positive publication on that sort of thing. You know, I think that this is certainly true of baseball. And the more I think of it, really true of most aspects of our country right now, and maybe most aspects of the world, which is we live in a technology-driven society, and we have far too many leaders in leadership positions who just don't understand technology. Yep. I was, yes, you brought that up and you hit it home hard because that's what I was, that's exactly where I was thinking with that statement. Like they have no idea about tech. They grew up in an era that's gone. Adios, like that doesn't exist anymore. And we are now in the technological era where you can get things in an instant. You don't need to watch Sports Center at night to get your updates. You can just flip on your phone and scroll through for 10 minutes and be like, oh, sweet. Like X player did this and it's done. Instant gratification, baby. Which like is good and bad in its own way, but. It's here, and if you're a league leader, you might as well roll with it. Yeah, otherwise your sport's probably going to die, <laughs> right? Yeah. I, mean, I mean, it certainly feels that way with baseball, right? Their average viewer is getting older, and it's like 55 plus their average viewer. Their their radio ratings are ridiculous. I mean, I I'm crazy. I listen to almost every White Sox game on the radio. Like while I'm at work, I'll just pop it on while I'm like in between sales calls or whatever. I'll have it on in the background. 
And the White Sox announcers are fucking terrible. They're so boring. They are like your classic announcers who'd say nothing the whole time. They're like, oh, well, like, it's so weird that we don't have fans in the stadium. Like, oh, like, are they the guys? Oh, it's so weird that it's so silent out here. And it's like, all right, like, get over it. It's it, game one. That's over. Like, just have some fun out there. Oh, my. They're so they bad. The, they're so bad. Are they the guys who go put it on the board? Yes. No, 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 no. That's Ken Hawk Harrelson who retired. At least Ken was entertaining. Ken was an entertainer. Like. He was crazy, but he would have like wild stories during the game where when the White Sox, like most of his later career, the White Sox were pretty bad, but he would have these wild stories about every single player where it was like, well, at least this is something to listen to. But he was the TV guy. The radio guys are God awful. One of the radio guys was on with Ken Harrelson and got demoted to radio because he's so bad. He's just an ex player. And it goes like, why do you expect an ex MLB player to be good at talking about baseball just because he played? It oh. doesn't mean that he's going to be good. The Red Sox love shuffling in random former players. They're like, oh, Manny Del Carmen, sure. Lenny Donardo, sure. Oh, Johnny Gomes, absolutely. Oh, oh it's Jerry how often? Are, they're often yeah, they're just not- like, they're normal dudes. They can't, they're not good at being like, they were good at a skill that is baseball. They're not good at talking. They're not good at telling stories. They suck. Yeah, They're no terrible. One, not every former player can be Dennis Eckersley. He is absolutely yeah. electric. Yeah. I mean, that's, and there's, I'm, there's a bunch of players who are electric, he which is fine. Is for the and even like A-Rod's good on ESPN yeah, yeah. for the okay. most part. But like 99% of players are not that. In fact, and the fact that they try and get all these players to do that is asinine. I think we're at the point too, where we have to ask ourselves, you know, as two people on a podcast, like, should we even be talking about baseball? Are we losing listeners by talking about baseball? Are people tuning out? That's a good point. That's a good point. Well, we can move on then. Do you think college football is going to happen? I want college football to happen so badly. Well, you want it to happen, but do you think it's going to happen? As a Hurricanes fan, this is probably the most exciting quarterback that we've had, certainly since I became a fan. I would say, yeah. When's the, (laughs) since Ken Dorsey, who wasn't even exciting? Well, Ken Dorsey, I mean, he won the championship, so I'm. Yeah, but that was on the back of, that was on the back of talent. And every, literally every other position. Right. But probably since Ja'Cory, I think Ja'Cory was a quarterback that had a lot of excitement, uh, especially with the recruiting class that he was in. He was a pre-Heisman yeah. candidate. So probably since Ja'Cory Harris. I wasn't a Hurricanes fan. You know, I was still in high school, so I was still a, you know, a BC fan before I defected. So I always used to make fun of Ja'Cory Harris. But when I got to Miami, I suddenly became excited about him. Uh, so probably yeah. since, probably since Ja'Cory. But we have the most exciting quarterback we've had since I got to the school, along with a very good defense, an exciting offensive coordinator, and now we're just going to not have a college football oh, it's, It'd be rough. It'd be rough. I'm a big fan of the spring season. I think that's probably the most realistic uh, outlook for college football. Yeah, and it feels like out of all the sports, right, it feels like college football – 
bubbling would be the least possible. It's like, how do you bubble student athletes who have to also go to class? Go to class. Yeah. I mean, I guess Without, I'll take virtual and then not and then not pay them. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we could just admit that they're professional athletes and just say they don't have to go to class and then we could bubble them. No problem. But if we're going to continue and to lie to ourselves, then it seems very difficult. I have a crazy idea. Crazy idea. We could let them get their own endorsement contracts. Just just, just throwing that out there. I mean, even the idea of not allowing schools to pay kids to go there, like, oh, I'm sorry, I thought this was the United States of America. I thought that we were a capitalist society. I thought that that was exactly how our country was supposed to work. I mean, if you, college, you know, being a college, especially college football is the only one that it really affects, I guess, because the other sports like college football is just such so much more. I guess college basketball, of course, when a college really, pays a high school family for their kid to go to that school. Who is that a problem for? No one. It's not Absolutely a problem for, no one. for the kid's family who just got, you know, like 150 grand, you know, more money than yeah. a lot of them had in their lives. And one, yeah, easy, easy, easy. It's probably saves their fucking lives. And I think so it is actually un-American to not allow those families to capitalize on that opportunity. That could be their only chance to make money off of sports. Yeah, and to just like arbitrarily sports, say that you can't do that—it's it's insane. It's super fleeting because you can have a career-ending injury in instant, especially in football. As, yeah, especially in football. And in basketball, I mean, like at least in basketball, there's so many like overseas leagues where if you have any sort of talent, you're going to get at least a decent paycheck for a while. Um, but like football, like just. They should get paid in all the sports, whatever it is, whatever their market value is. I don't care. Yeah, exactly. You know, to quote uh, the famous Randy Marshall, I'm sorry. I thought this was America. Yeah. No, this is America. Oh, Randy, um, so great. Such a. But the uh, the Pac-12 apparently is uh, opting out of football as of right now. So that's not great. Well, I mean, the Pac-12 gets shafted every year so like do we really need the pac 12 i don't know i think we could i think we could have football without them i think we can get it i think we could have football without the. Pac-12. i bet you could have a college football season without the pac 12 and you could have a national champion and i bet no one would put an asterisk on it i agree with that but it's about the uh it's like the domino one falls the rest are going to come in play so this weekend pac 12 players are like we're not sure if we're going to play this year because of coronavirus concerns. You get the rest of the players starting to band together, and then all of a sudden you have a massive problem. Well, I think and if that's you look at concern. it, right? If you look at it, I think objectively, right? You're talking about people playing a sport where there is a tremendous amount of contact and fluids exchanged, and you're talking about that group of people existing and living on a college campus with thousands of other students and you're talking right about, next to each other and you're talking about that happening at hundreds of places all over the country and so i think it's very reasonable and and they are being governed at a federal level by a person and a party that has taken the stance of basically denying science so is it really that crazy for them to be like hey we don't really think it's safe to play football. 
So I think when you look at it from that perspective, I think you're right. I think college football is probably screwed. They're probably not playing until the spring. And if we have a bunch of players opt out because they're like, you know, the NFL won't move the draft or whatever. So they're like, all right, I'm just going to sit out this year and then go straight to the NFL. Uh, I'll probably cry. <laughs> yeah, it'll be a, that'll be a really tough pill to swallow. I'll say for sure. Um, Could you imagine if Derek King is just like, oh, sorry, sitting out the spring season, I'm going straight to the draft. You telling me you yeah, wouldn't where, I, would where would, uh, I think he needs like a Heisman level season out of himself to uh, get okay. a good draft. About, pick. I think right now he's like a Russo? six, seven round draft pick. What about uh, Rousseau? Well, that's a different case. Yeah, I, I mean, he's projected to be a first round pick. Yeah, and he'd he's probably, probably be crazy I mean, the season. Yeah, I mean, he would be he would be crazy to play the season because he's not going to lose. It goes back. What was uh what, the Bosa? Who didn't play that season and still got drafted first place? It wasn't. Yeah, it was, it was the younger couple, Bosa, I think. Yeah essentially didn't play and it was just like everything was fine because he still got all that talent. Right. And it didn't, it's not like he just lost it. It's very clear that he has it. Didn't Clowney do that too? Didn't he sit out in his final year? He set out like, I think some bowl games. I think that was the thing gotcha. that people complained about. He like threatened to do it, but I think he ended up a lot of players set out bowl games, which I don't blame them for who fucking cares. I want to say like Clowney or Leonard Fournette or someone sat out like a bunch of time. But I don't remember. Leonard Fournette set out that bowl game, which is a big to do. Yeah, I have. Z- I mean, I have zero. I mean, Leonard Fournette should have done it because he's already thirty by the time he was in college, right? And you know, he's going to end up on the Jaguars, where they were going to run him into the crowd. So he actually had tremendous foresight. Mm-hmm. Side note: His brother Leonard Fournette, incredible naming by his parents. <laughs> It's really Leonard. Leonard. I'm pretty sure it's L E dash Nard. Oh my God. How do you even tell or them apart? Not dash. Uh, Whatever it is. It doesn't matter. Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. All right. Well, uh, anything else you want to talk about today? Anything else you got on the old noggin? No, I think we just about covered it up. I think, you know, my big takeaway is that bubbles work. And if you want to play bubbles sports, you should probably bubble. Yeah, I think, well, uh, you know, obviously the topic of the episode, bubbles will work. Well, or bubbles. Well, let's call it bubbles. Bubbles is the episode today. Don't forget to follow us and subscribe another week with at another week with another week with dot com. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Fuck Facebook. I don't forget that I said Facebook. Fuck that website. But otherwise, uh, we love you guys. Right. We love you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Well loved. Well, thank you guys so much. We'll be back next week. This will be coming out Monday and Wednesday as normal. Don't forget to subscribe and send us those five-star reviews. We'll talk to you all next week.